All right. Thank you guys for tuning into another episode of Journey with Josina. I am your podcast host. It is currently 333 and it's April 1st, 2023. It's a Saturday and it's really pretty outside here in San Antonio. This is episode 33 and I have a very special guest today. I have Miss Alicia Reyes Barrientos. Barrientes. Barrientes. Oh, my bad. You recently changed your um, Facebook name and I don't know why I thought it was Barrientos. Y como no estaba, oh, I, I couldn't confirm. <laughs> I know. And most people think it's Barrientos because it's more common, but it's Barrientes. Barrientes. And so I'm going to turn it over to you so you can introduce yourself. And then I will give the audience kind of like a little how I can how we're connected, right? But um, I'll turn it over to you. You can give us your name, anything you want to share that you love, whether it's your family, your hobbies, anything. Okay. So, um, well, I'm Dr. Reyes Barrientes. And I always correct people when they call me Miss because I do have a PhD and it was just such a rigorous process and there are um, not many um, people with PhDs in um, especially in the Mexican-American community so I think it's an honor um, for me and for my community um, I have a PhD in political science from Duke University and my area of expertise is race and ethnic politics. I particularly look at the politics of um, the Latino vote and how religion affects that vote. Um, I am a mother of a nine-year-old girl and um, a three-year-old boy, and they are incredible human beings. Um, I love them, and they just, I feel so blessed. Um, I've been married for almost 17 years to my college sweetheart, and that's where I hit my last name, Barrientes, comes from. So I hyphenated my name when I got married. Okay. Um, and you were born and raised in Laredo? Or? Well, I was actually born in San Antonio, but I'm from Laredo, from um, colonias on both sides. So I, I was raised in Nuevo Laredo and then mainly in Laredo. Okay. So. Um, you know, I come from a working class immigrant family, um, and I'm a first gen college grad. So that was that's also really um, incredible. Cool. It's it, it's I think I I it was a lot of work, but you know my parents they neither of them had, had a high school education or even a junior high education when they met. So um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I know you like you said you went to school what kind of inspired you to pursue like education and because it takes discipline and to achieve to go through things like that so what kind of like inspired you or what was that passion that led you to that journey of continuing to study yeah well you know I was always good at school to be honest and um and I think that is in many ways a privilege because the way the school system is set up is um, it teaches a certain way and certain kids, um, it kind of caters to certain children in the way that they learn and then in many ways it doesn't really provide for the needs of other children. Mm -hmm. And so the way the school system was set up, um, in many ways, um, <clears throat> I was just good at it, right? And so um, I always had really good grades and um, even though my parents didn't have an education and even though they couldn't really help me, because my parents are from the rancho from central Mexico, like you know um they worked the milpa when they were little um, their experience is very different from my own 
Um, but I always knew I wanted to go to college and I knew that I wanted to do something academic. I didn't quite know what exactly that was, but all along the way I had teachers and professors who really um, would challenge me and um, encouraged me to pursue higher education. And, um, and then when I got married, I said, okay, Gabe, like, you know, you know how difficult it is for Latinas to get a PhD. So he also at the time um, wanted to get um, a graduate degree. Um, but we decided that um, that I was the priority because I was going to face so many struggles as it is. as And so that um, I said, it's going to have to be me first because... And then if we're gonna want to have kids, you know, we would just so we just kind of thought out. And he said, "Yeah, for sure." So he we we were married. We moved to Durham, North Carolina, um, and then that's when I started my doctoral degree. And he was able to get his master's at the same time, and he hasn't yet gotten to um, to really pursue his doctoral degree. But I'm confident that he will get to do that in 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 his time. So when his time comes. Yes. But um, yes, we definitely prioritized. Um, because as a woman in this society, it's very difficult to, um, you know, no matter what journey or what career you take, you're going to face a lot of discrimination, not only because we're women, but we're also women of color. We are also, um, we come from poor working class families. We are from the borderlands. So there's so many things that um, we're up against. Mm -hmm. And I recognized that early on. And I said, okay, so this is what we're going to have to and fortunately, in my doctoral program, I had really strong women of color friends who really helped me to finish because um, I think that I'm, I'm a believer that you have to be intentional about creating a community that is going to support you and going to be there for you. And one of the, and so there's two words that I said there that are really key. And it's intentionality and it's community. Mm-hmm. And so the first one means intentional. You have to reach out to people and develop relationships, which takes years, but where there has to be trust and there has to be that friendship and, and where it's reciprocal, right? The energy that you're giving out, they're giving in. So that um, when um, you're pouring out of your cup, they're pouring back in, yes. you know? And then also, um, this is the community that you create. And it takes a long time, especially when you're in your 20s and early 30s like right now I feel that I am really um I'm reaping the benefits of what what you yes like I'm it took you time and experience and connections to get to the to build the community that you have right now because right it's true and I'm glad that you talked on that community on community specifically because it's very crucial especially I think that's something that I've seen you advocate and I appreciate it because it's so true it's something that I also learned in therapy that she tells me like people need people and it's but you need the right people and it takes also time for us to um detect discernment well like you said that make sure that those people are actually good for you and that you're also giving whatever strength and whatever gift that God has given you that you can also gift it to those that give you some sort of upliftment whether in any way right like whether it's with family with our kids or with when it's with like our career and and or our self-love journey like our friendships maybe those that's another question let's talk on like friendships do you like when, when building these communities of people that can support you 
how do you find them where do you find them and yeah like how do you how do how can we start if you if we are in like our early 20s because i know it takes time to build some sort of like um to be in a mindset where you're like okay i'm i'm in the right place these are my people like you said it takes time but how did you start and then how can anyone find start finding those people well you know i had um my spiritual and life mentors um, i met at church and we would meet on a weekly basis and we would have we would break bread together and that is how i learned like the importance because we would keep meeting back every every wednesday every wednesday at their home with a group of people and that's where and they were the ones that taught me um the importance of intentionality and building community but there's a lot of different ways that you can build community to me like when i find someone that is really um well at this point in my life i think i am sort of like attracted to certain friends yeah um definitely i've never been the kind of person that has been um attracted to any sort of toxicity um or anything like that so obviously like um and sometimes people are toxic just around a certain person sometimes people are just toxic period right yeah, yeah. so you have to be able to like see that yeah. so um i know that when i'm i like for example at the university there's a couple of women that um i just was like oh i love the work that they do and they're so um they're so smart and they're such great teachers so I'm, I'm i was like hey let's go out to eat let's go out you know and they kept you know they're very busy like me i mean they have so much going on but i would just keep like you know texting them and making sure that they knew hey i'm thinking about you um and then um you know and and then like there was an, an another person that i met through um you know because i sell the jewelry mm-hmm. and i love the work that she does as well and so she kind of you know we kind of stuck got started off of the jewelry but then we started just talking more and so when i find something someone that is really interesting to me um I'm, as an extrovert i tend to be drawn to introverts but okay. you know yeah I, I i don't know i i think it's because there's a, some sort of mystery because they're not as vocal as okay. extroverts okay um i like that's that. how i was like very attracted to Kate because i could not really at all times tell what he was thinking yeah. with me oh, okay. you know what i'm thinking and if i'm upset if i'm super happy if i'm tired yeah i'm very vocal about right. everything and so when people are introverted i'm like oh that's okay mysterious yeah what's going on there so i want to know more about them but it does take time because let me tell you especially during covid like i was texting back and forth with this one woman professor and she would text back every now and then but we never got to see each other but at the end of those two years we had this relationship that had a foundation of two years of texting yeah that really allowed us to like okay now we can go to lunch and we still know uh, 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 about each other yeah. a little bit more And so and I always ask questions, well, yeah. what are your children's name? Do you have pets? And people who ha- only have pets like I you have to understand the, the love and passion that they have for whatever it is, right? And you ask questions and things like that. And then when someone's in need, you know, you to me like there's always people who are going to the people, especially the people that you're investing in, when they're in need, you have to step up. Like when someone's been in an accident or someone has passed away, 
like the simple act of providing a meal for them taking a meal to them or giving them a door dash that is something that Gabe and I always do for people who have gone through some sort of crisis situation and when because when people have done that for us it has been such a huge blessing but that's also a connection and it, and it it brings you closer to those to those people right so I think it's all sorts of ways that yes. I kind of establish I also have students that are no longer students that have kept in touch with me and that um I try um I try my best to not you know a lot of people I think a lot of young people say uh, there's kind of this idea of you can't sit with us I've seen that hashtag and then I've also seen the hashtag um no new friends yeah I, I get what you mean it's something I just feel like that is so tragic. Because it's, it's toxic it's too. So, it's unfortunate. Like, first of all, it's not healthy it's to not. go about your life. Yeah. And then also, like, um, the fact to say, like, you can't sit with us. Like, that's, like, one of the worst things you can say. That's the, some of the worst energy that you can put out yes. in the world. Because and I'm, there's incredible people that you have yet to meet. And I hope and you're that when up. I'm older, you know, and I'm meeting people who are all sorts of ages. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, one of my best friends now is 64 years old. I'm 40. And that's a huge age gap. Yeah. But I have never been the kind of person to be like, no, I'm it's- only going to... You know, stick be to friends my court. with the people that I can party with. Like yeah. that's that you 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 box your, that you don't want right, to box yourself right, right. That's an, be, to a then, certain age or a certain you know, group. Absolutely or, not. Right. And like, if you're just gonna be friends with like the five people in your life that like, you've only known that are yeah, that you're not opening yourself up to more your more people. Yeah, if that if that's gonna be your whole universe, and then also people change. So people you could yeah. have been really close friends with when you were in your twenties, it's not necessarily that. Yes. they did anything or that you did anything yes. but you change and you grow and you have to respect that yes for everybody yes. for every person mm-hmm. so i have friends that maybe i'm not as close to that i was in high school but i respect that we all have our different journeys they live in different states like it's very difficult to keep in touch with people mm-hmm. especially because i went to baylor as an undergrad and then we moved to north carolina for my graduate school for graduate school and then we moved to dallas SMU for um, my postdoc so I have friends now all over, all over the, country, the country yeah and um it's difficult like long distance relationships are difficult even though I sustain them mainly through text because that's a huge thing for me I create these groups yeah via text message okay so these are like my Duke yeah. friends and okay. these are like my um in Facebook these are my high school friends I love that you mentioned that. that um these are friends that I'm now meet I'm now starting another group that is that we're going to meet on um, a monthly basis. We have our first dinner this week, and that's, like, um, with um, a group of professional Latinas. And so how can we support each other in these environments that are trying to bring us down and, and you know, people of... So so I'm, I, am, I, I um, use a lot of my energy in creating a community, and also because I have children, and I want my children to be surrounded by beautiful, smart, educated um people who love them like everything that you that we're doing is they're gonna like is they're gonna reap this yes like i want them to see people in their lives on a regular basis like you know i think it's really important not only just family but friends right Mm -hmm. because i think they need to see that stability right um when i was growing up unfortunately like i didn't really have that there was people who kind of came in and out of my life because my father was a really toxic abusive person and so he'd always be fighting with people yeah and i already always had the desire to have people in my life forever yeah like yeah so i want them to see like these are the friendships that we have 
and these are people that I can count on all the time and that you're going to be seeing maybe once a month, maybe once every two months, but they're going to be for the first 18 years of your life, as long as you live under my house, you're going to see these people mm-hmm. and they're examples and they're people who bring beauty and, and energy and, um, and just people who are also a part of our community who love us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want them to be immersed in that kind of love and community. So, um, but mainly, I always feel that when I am well, my family is well. So I always prioritize myself. Um, I'm number one on my list. And if I'm when I'm well, everybody's well. Mm-hmm. If I'm not doing well, <clears throat> there's everybody struggling, you know? Yeah. So that's why I think community is also important because I don't think that any of us were intended to journey this, um, to go through this life alone. Yeah. We need that support, that push, those people on the sidelines that are cheering us on. Or even if we get stuck, we want to have like people who can lead us to resources that we might need, you know. And I do think that it's very important. Community is very important. And I'm glad you mentioned the, the that you said like the no new friend energy and how you said that if you're closed off to that, it's very important. And I think I recently went through something like that. I had... I wanted to do a girls brunch and I have tons of girlfriends and Iwa, like I lived in Laredo but I moved to Dallas so I have friends in Laredo and then I have some friends in Dallas and I have now I'm in San Antonio so I have some friends here so you know like I've never ever closed off myself to only being friends with the friends that I had in Laredo you know I you have to be open and it's very beautiful because of that like you said when you mentioned that you're you had a friend where you built a friendship through text and how you guys felt comfortable and through time like you were able to build that i i've had that i've had that a lot especially because i lived in dallas and when i started my business i was over there and a lot of my people that had me on social media were from laredo so the only way we were able to kind of communicate was continuously support each other you know when you see someone they reach an accomplishment you shoot them a message like i love that or i see you you know whatever it is we usually just kind of keep each other posted and updated and build friendships through social media and a lot of the times when you feel like you guys at least for me like when I feel that the energy is genuine that you they always reach out to you and they see you and they like you or they you know like you can feel that even if it's through text message and sometimes like I have built a lot of friendships through that through just social media and like talking about like our own life whether it's our children or pets or like anything that we're into at the moment fitness or a book or sunset or a song like those things little things like that can really like bring a connection and when you let go of like the standard of this is what it should be it you it, you leave space for such a like creative flow between two different complete strangers and and it, it's nice so i like that i think a lot of people do need to well and i've mentioned this before when people are like closed off i do think it has to do a lot with like something that they experience whether it's like trauma or something that is like deep rooted in them and i always say like it's gonna take time but you do have to allow yourself to you know have a conversation with someone and you never know como right. dices, yeah. they might not even be your age nor your race nor you know and some you will connect in some weird way you know yes and i was actually thinking about like when I, you asked about like, how is it that, that you grow this community? One of the, you know, I'm thinking one of those, I let people know, hey, I'm so glad I met you. Like, I feel like we really connected. I'm not shy 
about that and then they'll say something like oh my goodness i agree you know but i also am not saying that to everybody because yeah. i'm very careful about who, who is you part do of my you. inner circle because right. like i have to think of myself and my family and um you know you just have to but but also like you can tell a lot about a person by like the work that they do um mm-hmm. the kind of energy that they give that they so like you know i i think that the i'm 40 now and um i think i posted recently you know how outspoken i am on facebook yeah. and i said something like there's something about tur- turning 40 and not giving two fucks about you know being honest about who you are something like that uh-huh. and it's just like it, it's just something that i've like r- realized that number one because i used to think that i had to be even with family that I had to like that there ha- that I had to leave family members in my life but I learned early on like I'm estranged from my father I haven't spoken to him in 14 years and that was one of the best decisions that my brother my sister my mom and I made and that happened when I was 26 so very early on I learned okay even if it's family if they're abusive if they're toxic if they if, make you feel- if they make you feel le- less than if um Agreed. you whatever standards you have they don't need to be a part of me and if they're if all that they're doing is hurting me then it's actually better cut them off to cut them off because if you if you allow someone to continue to hurt you it's actually worsening the relationship so it's better for that person and for me yeah to not allow them to continue to hurt me mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so you know making that decision was was really difficult and sticking to it um but now i think my siblings and my mom and i we understand how necessary it was and I think early on I learned okay like if I if I can if I can if we can do that right because it, it seems like something so difficult Ethical, right um but I you know I learned that I could do it and that it was the best thing for me yeah um despite what anybody says because there was a lot of contrary voices I'm sure it was a lot that, that you think. know we were getting you know we were all in therapy and, and we were getting professional advice and the people who loved us and knew us and they were all in agreement about what we had to do but then there's always going to be these outside voices people who don't really understand your situation who want to um give you advice um but you can kind of you can kind of tell when advice is coming from a good place or if it's just like if they were sort of telling you because they had some sort of situation going on and they just thought you know i sometimes for example i would get advice from people who had been bad parents and they didn't ever want their children to do this kind of thing to them and i would just let them speak and then okay that's fine let let me hear them out but so now i'm just like you know even if you're a family like if you're not going to be um i think respecting respect, who i am yeah, like yeah. bye yeah i don't have time for you and mm-hmm. my family like i have to protect my family so yeah. um especially because there's so many beautiful souls in this world like why would you choose you know to bring in toxicity when you can bring in beauty into your life so i agree and i do think that it's beautiful that we can also rely on even people who are not blood but that can support us and love us right and then it's beautiful to see that because sometimes it's true the people who are even blood may not respect our what makes us feel safe and you know safe is is the the most basic thing you can do right. is make me feel safe if you can't make me if you can't respect me and give me space to feel safe then yeah you're right like at that point we it's better for us like you said you have to be good and if they're causing some sort of 
making you feel bad in any way shape or form then yeah it, it's it's good for them not to be in your life distance you know create that distance because like you said if they if you keep them there it does cause some sort of resentment because you know but it does take a lot like you said i think it's like a boundary that you said that like, hasta aquí llegaste, yeah. Y ya no. right yeah and i'm glad that you mentioned that because in your um your description says bold opinionated as fuck and and i love that because when i first met you fun fact so um i met you i hadn't even have sebas yet and it was in selena's and it was at a birthday party uh i think it was an easter party actually it's funny <gasps> okay. and when i first met you your energy was very welcoming but you're also like loud unintentionally you're just like talking to everybody and and i heard you sing you have like such a beautiful voice And then, like, let's just mention you. Did you see Mariachi for a little bit? In high school. In yes. high school. So you still sing very beautifully, yeah. by the way. But, I like, those things, that energy and your being, like, that aura is, um, like, you can't, it's it's there. It's beautiful. It's tiny. It's like a firework. It's like Daisy. Like, when you when she around her, it's like she's shining and you can't help but to be around people like that. And you have, I don't know, like, I like that energy because I feed off of it. Like, I see you laughing, I see you giggling and making jokes and singing and dancing because you were doing all of that. Like, and that just brought so much joy to the party and to me. Um, but not only that, like, seeing your lives, like, seeing your lives and you talk about everything, everything that you stand for, girl. Like, supporting women and how you're recognizing like you're healing yourself while wanting to wanting better for your children and i know that you mentioned that um and not only that but i wanted to talk about like the el malojo right we're talking about like energy i wanted to ask you like how do you protect your energy what do you think about the malojo what do you do to protect yourself like well i'm superstitious well, okay I'm superstitious and i'm very way? spiritual too okay okay so You know, I have my ojo every time I go live. So, do you have like a bracelet or no, what is a, it? It's a wooden ojo okay. that's above my, like, the frame that I have. Oh, okay, okay. So, um, yes, you have, you... I do have, I have bracelets, I have necklaces. Okay, okay. I do, for sure. Um, because, well, that, my mom was like, Mija, tenga cuidado porque usted está muy bonita y la gente le puede hacer ojo. Yeah. And it has happened before where... I'm in a big crowd and then the next day something happens to me, like I get sick or I have an allergic reaction or something. So, o me caigo, you know, algo así. Something, yeah. So, I do believe it's just a form of letting people know, like, hey, um, I'm watching out for myself and if you're here to fuck with me, like, I, I'm protected. Oh. I think more than anything. I, um, yeah. And I think that that is the kind of energy that I get off. I'm not necessarily known as like a sweet person. Like I think I'm. I think people know me for being bold, unapologetic. Um, but if you get close to me, you also can understand I'm very compassionate and I'm yes. very kind. Yes, you are very There's, kind. I'm just very kind. Like, yes. Um, but however, <laughs> um, not everybody can have access, access to that kindness to, of yours. To, yes. Yes. That's side of you. Um, and so I, you know, when we're in a family event, I am very outgoing because I do always want people to feel like they are a part of something. Like, I don't ever want to be in a space where people feel like they're, 
not welcome, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that they don't have access to this love that we have to give. And that doesn't mean that they're going to be my best friend or they're going to be part of my inner circle. But like, I think that we all owe each other, like at least the like space of acceptance, right? And like recognizing other people's humanity. Like when you ignore people, when you don't even smile or have eye contact. Right? Like, what does that say? Like, I think people want to just be seen. Like, you, even if you're not going to talk to them and have a conversation, yeah. if you say, buenas tardes, like, sí. como están? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, that's super important at Mexican gatherings, is mm-hmm. that you, you like, entras saludando a la gente and acknowledging, buenas tardes, como está? Mm-hmm. Este, pásele, you know, este, y lo, and then they respond to you, like, quiero, aquí están las aguas, aquí están las aguas, lo que quiero, y aquí se puede sentar. Yeah. Like, that kind of, yes. that kind of energy, which is very typical in, like, Mexican gatherings. Yes. And that's what I that's what I want for people to feel, you know, from me yeah, yeah. Um, when they see me. I, I tend to be very outgoing. Um, and, you know, especially on Facebook, I have a lot of opinions and I'm also a professor. So I write and I give lectures and people pretty much. I mean, I think there's not a lot of people that I think there's a lot of people who are opinionated, but there's not a lot of people who post as often and who are expressing their opinions as much right, as I do. Right. And I always express too that like I'm coming from an informed place. Like not only do I have a PhD in political science, so I am in, in US politics. So like when I'm speaking about something, like I took classes, I read I've read thousands of books, I've spoken with the top scholars in the country. And, and on top of that, I have this experience yeah. of being a woman from the borderlands, right? A woman of color, a poor coming from a poor family, um, an immigrant family. So like all of that together to me, like it's a very informed, compassionate place. Well so yeah, I feel like you can um you speak with confidence because you're very confident in who you are and and I love that it's admirable because I I think that there's a lot of things that people have within themselves that make them special and I think that's that that stands a lot stands out from you and I appreciate your poems too because that's another thing like you do write and I'm glad you do because you do share a lot of things that resonate with me um, and that's because we walked different paths of lives, right? But when you speak about, you know, like the borderlands and when you speak about being sp- speaking Spanglish and how we should be proud of having this mucho Tex-Mex um, vocabulary that we, that we grew up because that's our environment, you know, and and all that. And even because no, no creas, like I also sometimes put myself out there, but recently I kind of took a step back because, uh, and that's why I bring it up because um, something happened and then, Somebody mentioned like you need to be careful who you spend your time with and protect your energy, you know, because people can be envious. And I always, I am always like, yeah, but there's always something somebody else has that we all want, right? Like there's the, the envy energy will never get you anywhere if you don't see it as an admirable. Like I could be there one day. Like what can I do for me to get there instead of seeing it like an ugly? Like you start questioning why someone has something. Um, but but anyway that's why i asked because you are kind but like you said you set the tone of like i'm kind but you can't like you said i'm protecting you can't come you you had a post that said get the fuck out my way because you can't come over here like you set the tone of this is me and you can't come in like messy right. energy and 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 to be fair there was something that preceded that with the one that says get the fuck out of my way it it was 
and I only used the acronym. Yes, yes, not the full word. But it was something like uh, Mexican Machista. It was, I don't remember what it was, but it was like at that point in my whatever. I'm always writing about what I'm feeling in that moment. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm like, I was saying like, if that's the kind of person that you're going to be and you're trying to get in my way, then get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't care if you're family or not, Mm -hmm. right? And yes, I am really self-confident. Like, I think that... I've been self-confident since I was a child. I believe that it's a gift that Mother God gave to me that has been that 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 men have tried to take from me, but they haven't been able to because it's it's a gift that was given to me. Okay, tell us you know about that. You said um, who gave you the confidence? Who gave you? Um, Mother God. Okay. So you know, La Virgen. La Guadalupe, but I, I call her Mother God because it's like God. Okay. You know. Um, yeah, La Virgencita, like, she gave me that since I was a child. Like, I could not be messed with. Like, even when I was little, like, I remember standing up for myself and being like, no, you're not going to do that. Or I want her to be my friend. Like, I was just so confident. And if somebody said something about me, back in the day, we had phones. (laughs) Like, the house phones. Yeah. I would call them and say, (laughs) I remember being, like, seven and say, why did you say about this about me at lunch? (laughs) Oh, my God, seven. (laughs) And they were like, ooh, 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 you know, because yeah, I was yeah. like, no, like you can't be, you know, that it was a person that was trying to get me away from other friends. And so I just remember being like, uh-uh, that's not going to happen. Good so I was always um, self-confident. And then I grew and I, I knew I was super smart. And I knew that um, like when I was from first to sixth grade, I grew up in a predominantly white town. And I felt like I was overlooked by the teachers because I wasn't white. But I felt like I could make my point by beating all of the kids all of the white kids i'm like i remember thinking like well i may not be white but i'm smarter than them wow like i can make a point and that's very sad because on the one hand like i shouldn't be thinking you're gonna that i'm not white that 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 you have to overcompensate to another absolutely right but at the same time it was like i remember just being self-confident and it's that little girl that also gets me through so many issues because you know you become a mother you become an adult and you're faced with this life that you you kind of had this idea when you're a child about what life is like but it's nothing like that it is so hard and i struggle with mental health issues i'm very open about that with anxiety and depression and then on top of that i have fibromyalgia so like and this is something that i talk a lot about on my instagram account yes doctora lichita um because that one is more dedicated to like being an advocate for people with mental health struggles and then also advocating for latinas and um latina mothers and women of color women of color in higher education and etc but i just i just remember being self-confident and a lot of times i think other children kind of took that as she's so um arrogant or, yeah or, or i remember when i was bossy uh, i remember when i was in fourth grade i won an election and this little boy he's like why does she always have to win everything period and that's <laughs> and, and that happened to me in second grade i i won an essay contest why does she always have to win everything and that was just kind of me and i was just kind of like because that's me don't hate celebrate (laughs) you know what I'm saying like so I always knew and then you know and then I've had powerful women and I've read a lot of literature by incredible women who have really inspired me to keep my light shining so um and I also know that it is it is something that I know that there's a lot of women especially younger women that look up to me like that's always 
that's always happened in my life even when i was like I was kind of like the older prima, so you mentioned Daisy. Daisy's one of the primas. Selena's another prima. I was about to say, we have a group prima. Yeah. <laughs> so that's another group, group that yeah. I formed, right? Yeah, yeah. That I said, I want. Where we, where we continue, like right. you said, we do check-ins, we send each right. other little things, yeah. Right. All the time. And I right. always try to uplift and encourage and, and you know. Yes. Um, which, by the way, I think you're a writer as well, because sometimes mm. on some of your posts, like, they're so powerful, and I'm like, oh my God, it just touches Aww. me to One the time deepest I- level. I remember, and I'm just like, wow, that came from her. Like, mm. it's, it's just another aspect of you, which I already think you're such an incredible woman, but when I meet somebody that can write, that's so powerful. So I do encourage people to write because... I did want to say, uh, writing, when did you start writing? Because I think writing has helped me heal a lot. And sometimes I used to be critical. I used to be like, I maybe I have to have journal prompts or maybe I have to have pretty, like, I used to be critical on like how or what I'm going to write. But now like just pouring whatever I want to write, you know, and um, I, it helped me heal. So I'm glad and I, you encouraged now Selena to write. And I just know that it's healing, it heals because it's like a form of expressing our, whatever yes. is inside of our hearts. Um, so like you, like what helped you start writing? And because you have a passion for it and you're very good at it. Well, um, and Selena, let me say, if she's listening, she's a poet. I mean, she, the, yes. the, the things that she writes. But I didn't actually start writing until about six years ago when another mm-hmm. woman who's a poet, she says, you're a poet, you need to write. Mm-hmm. Because before then, everything that I was writing was academic. Okay. And then when I started realizing, why don't I write about my own life experiences? Your own life. Like, um, who I am, how I made it through grad school, like all of my experiences as like a child of the borderlands, like there's a lot that there's we so have. Ma- there's, there's so much in the world. The yeah, yeah, like yeah. Um, we have a very unique experience to yes. be born and raised on the borderlands, like on the Southwest Texas, Mexican, Mexico borderlands. Like that's a very unique and powerful experience, especially if you're from the colonias, mm-hmm. like, cause that is such a unique experience. And so when I started to think about all of that, I, I said, you know what, I'm going to write. And um, usually, so I know that writing is healing for a lot of people. Um, but me, when I'm, when I write my best, when I'm in a rage. Yeah. So I, you're passionate, I'm, right? Cause I'm it's coming so from a passionate and usually I'm crying or like something has happened. And so I'm like, you know what? And I have a t-shirt that says something like, um, you know, don't fuck with me cause you're going to end up in my novel. And that's exactly like people who mess with me. I end up writing about it because that because it makes me feel powerful empowered, yeah, and empowered. Because yes, it's like this you did this to me when I was a child, and now I'm gonna write it out, and the world is gonna see it. Yeah, and I will say this because I was just thinking about this not too long ago that you know my mom, she, uh, for one at one point she was a single mom, but not only that, like I was thinking to myself, like not only did my parents raise me, but we I was you know i have different you know caretakers and and it's crazy because i think about it now and i'm like people don't ever underestimate a a mind of a child because they will always remember and if you're if you're doing something that's unhumane like they're gonna come back you'll never they'll never forget it you know no matter what you did whether it was a hurtful word or you know like so you know i'm glad you mentioned that because it is true like and like you said, you hold, that's where you hold your power because this is my story. Right. And that's, that's why I like to share also podcasts because it's like, it's a form of like, this is me and you feel confident in speaking in this and it's your experience and you're just putting it out for the world because you maybe have overcome that and went through that. And you're like, at that point I felt not as powerful, but now here I am and now you're going to hear me. Absolutely. And I think like, that's so important that you brought up children because that's why I'm so protective 
of my babies because like cuando estás chiquito especially especially like a lot of um i'm not gonna say a lot but it, it is part of our culture in mexican families like calladito te ves más bonito vete mm, para allá que I've los heard niños, that one. los niños no deben de no debes interrumpir no debes de estar aquí que cuando estoy no platicando vete, vete para el vete para el cuarto you know like all of these things we silence children mm-hmm. um, and you know I'm against hitting children I consider mm-hmm. spanking children um, abuse so um, all of these things that I remember feeling like less than and it, it's mm-hmm. like you know there's a way to teach children that it's important not to interrupt other people's conversations while at the same acknowledging that they have a voice they're as human as we are mm-hmm. And in fact, we should worship children. Their minds are developing. They have such an imagination. They're bringing forth like all of this beautiful energy that we can no longer access as adults because, because we're jaded now. Yep. Yes. And so, Say but they have they have this this imagination and this innocence like, that's so pure. It's like, so and, beautiful what mm-hmm, they bring into the world. Mm-hmm. And so I always teach them, you know, even if I'm talking to somebody else and they interrupt, okay, mamita, like um, I'm hearing you, but I'm talking right now, so. Can you hold on five minutes? Now, if they know if it's an emergency or something like that. But I want them to know that they're not going to be silenced. Yeah. You know, yeah. we, in our family, we listen to children, like whatever their emotions are. They know that they have, we let them vote. <laughs> like, we want to eat this. Let's vote or whatever. And, and, and it's like, I know other parents are like, oh my gosh, gentle parenting. There's such an attack on it. But let me tell you. Um, I believe in gentle parenting because that is the kind of parenting that I wish I had had. And if I had had gentle parenting, I wouldn't be struggling with anxiety and depression and probably not even fibromyalgia. But I was raised in a domestically violent home. Um, my dad was really spiritual, uh, spiritually abusive. He had anger problems and he was abusive in other forms. And, and that was, um, those are still issues that I have to deal with for the rest of my life. And so with my kids, and I was also very intentional about who I married because I wanted to marry. I remember being very young and thinking, I'm going to marry somebody who is the opposite of my father. Can you imagine having that in your mind? And that's what I found. Like, it was like the opposite. He's so kind and nurturing and like... He's always present and just so giving of himself, almost to a fault, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, we for us, when also other children, like when Giancarlo and Camila come over, those are Selena's kids, the first thing I do is embrace them and say, ¿Cómo estás, mijo? Even before I say hi to Selena, yeah. like Selena's third in yeah. line. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. What I'm <laughs> yeah. So, like, and if you, and, you know, when I see Sebas, like, and it's so important also to, like, when they're talking to you, like, to get down, down to their level. level. Yeah, agree. Like, they need to feel important. Yeah. And, and I don't know why it is that we think that children are less than, that are, they're, they're not less than. We need to stop dehumanizing children, silencing yeah. them. Like, I think it's, and it's, it's unfortunate, especially, like, for example, and it's crazy, like, for me, I was brought up, my dad was very... It's very, it comes from like an authority structure, right? Like it's what I say goes. And I remember my first encounter of recognizing that that is such a wrong way of looking at it was, um, so he's a special education teacher, but he also has a podcast and collaborates with other educators on talking about gentle parenting and just di- showing different methods on how to be more patient and understanding with children. He made an example of saying like, we as, as adults, break the law sometimes here and there he's like imagine if you were to pass a red 
a red light and the cop stops you and then spanks you because you broke the law and you should have known better and how dare you and he's saying that's inhumane but how do you think how is it okay for you to do that to a child because they did something you know like he's saying like as adults we're curious and we do things that might not you know like we speed and we do things that are quote unquote against the law right and you just like he said i don't know it just made me give me a different perspective and how much more patience should we have with children whose minds are developing yeah you know their brains like they don't have the cognitive ability to regulate their emotions the way that we can well they don't it's it's one thing to even know what even our emotions are right like i was telling my sister i'm like i'm an adult i'm 28 and i sometimes there's emotions that i'm feeling that i don't know how to i don't know what they're called but because I'm an adult, I can just sit with it and like feel it. And maybe as an adult, you already know what you can do to um, to cope with uncomfortable feelings. But as children, they don't know. They don't know coping mechanisms. They've only been like, Sebas has only been in this world for three years. And I have not taught right. him everything in this. You know, so it's, there has to be grace. But I will say, because you meant, you you wrote a poem recently. And I, and I, um, I resonated with it a lot. And you said like, when you, when you're healing yourself and you're unlearning things, I have to also have grace for myself when I don't know how to handle a situation because I don't want to handle it the way my dad would have handled it. But I don't know what to do. And I sometimes like it's crazy, but sometimes all I can do is just like sit down with Sebas and like cry, you know, because and it's crazy because my dad was easily like a triggered person. He couldn't even hear kids cry. And that's crazy because I'm the oldest. So if my sisters were crying, he'd be like, like figure it out. So I was so a lot of the things that I know is because I had younger sisters and I was helping my parents kind of like, you know, whatever I could help them with. And so I learned a lot. So there comes a lot of unlearning. And through that, I face like a little bit of anxiety, like the old me or maybe even like the person who was raised by my dad wants to like just you know i get like flashbacks of just chaos and feeling it talked talking about it's called like the nervous system like where you you mentioned something about that and i'm like dude that's so true like i was just you i can't even regulate my emotions because i don't know how to help him regulate his emotions and therefore like our emotions are all over the place and for the most part literally sometimes what helps me is just letting go of all expectations like there's no right or wrong way at this point he just needs me like to be heard and i cry and then we just hug it out and it's literally so simple but it's emotions that we don't know how to articulate nor cope with you know yeah and i think the one thing that you mentioned is um i'm always very also intentional about telling other mujeres like be gentle with yourself as you grow because i think sometimes we can be our own worst critic and let me tell you something my sister always so i'm very close to my sister she's probably the person i'm closest to in this whole world um and she says but she's very introverted Um, i'm telling you the people that i'm close gabe is introverted yeah my sister's introverted my brother's introverted my mom is introverted okay um my best friends are i mean just i don't know what it is maybe yeah but she always tells me um she says good enough parenting is good enough and what she means by that is that if we don't have to be perfect, we don't have to spend three hours playing with them every single day. We don't have to take them on vacations to Disney World every summer. We don't have to provide um, for every single want that they have. We can't, yeah, right? Because they have to know boundaries. Right. But what we can do is provide a safe home for them 
and we can provide for them a childhood that is trauma-free. And to me, I, I, that's what I'm trying to focus on, right? Because I also think about it from the point of view of being a person with a disability, which is fibromyalgia. I actually, I'm very limited in my energy, so I can play with them for 15 to 30 minutes, but beyond that, I have to ask for help because yes sabes yeah. I know we had to postpone this in this interview because I was so tired yeah and it yeah these kids have a lot of energy they, it's, it's, it's endless yes I mean if it were up to them you would play with them the moment they wake up until they, they go, go to sleep, sleep and then they want you in the bed with you like you know yeah but you can't offer that to them yeah but I can't offer them stability I can't offer them you know that they come home and they know that they can be themselves completely that they can tell me about what went on during the day um Belen is introverted as well, so it's really? always. I'm, I learned so much from her, but she, my sister, helps me to learn how to parent her because with me as a child, you always knew what I was thinking and what I was doing because I would tell you, right? That's how Lego is. Like, he's I was gonna tell you everything. Yeah. <laughs> but with Belen, it's like, Mama, I'll come. She comes home and I was like, Mama, I stay. You know, how was your day? Like, what? You know, what did you? what did you love most about your day or something like that and sometimes she just say I don't really want to talk about it and I'm like okay because okay and then my sister's like I really wish she says I'm so happy that at that age she's already able to say I just don't want to talk about it yeah because guess what people don't have to talk about shit if they don't want to yeah sometimes they Especially don't feel you like have to, you have to understand the boundaries that introverted people have yeah if they're not up for it just yeah. leave them alone yeah. they could not answer your text in two weeks it has nothing to do with you. It's just yeah. the energy that they're trying to give themselves. Yeah. And you have to honor that. So I'm learning to honor her boundaries, just as I've learned with Gabe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, I mean, parenting really shows you so much about the world. Because you're not just learning about your child, but you're also seeing your child and other people. Yeah. And how to best honor, like, your community, right? Because the last thing you want to do is not respect people and love people. That's another thing. You got to love people for who they yeah. are. And the way that you know that the people, like these friends are keepers, you know how we say, oh, he's a keeper. And we're talking about um, those of us who are in heteronormative relationships. We're talking about men. You hear that a lot. But I feel like I know who I know who my keepers are, the people who I'm keeping in my life, when they have seen the, me in, not the worst of me, but they have seen me in my, in my when I'm in a bad place. They when have you're seeing the the, the 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 kind of struggles that I go through and they have loved me through it right because a lot of people a lot of, that's not a lot of people have access to you and a lot of times sort of this we pre, who what we present to the world is right. very different from who we are mm-hmm. and and that's not that we're being hypocrites we just have to navigate the world that way mm-hmm. right we obviously cannot bring our issues to work right necessarily in a way that they're affecting our workspace so right have to you know? yeah yeah you're right but the people who are there when you're like you know i feel so shitty and like this is what happened and they love you through that then you know and then there's people who are just like not able to empathize and then you know well maybe this person isn't the person i'm gonna share my issues with but right. this is the person i'm gonna celebrate with so right. these are these people are really good at celebrating and take me out and mm-hmm. helping me to distract myself and this is somebody that i can go to and share like my my, well, my most vulnerable part right so there's and so and, yeah and i think i think it's unfair to expect like every one person to provide all uh, of right. that for you that's why you need a community right because it's true I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because it's true like it's impossible to want like your husband to meet all your needs like have you know have him do like 
the the talk and you know it's true you get love and different your cup gets filled by different people in different areas right like even your best friend cannot always be that for you you know like because it's true they might not always be in the space to be there for you so it's good to have like your different your community but i'm glad you mentioned that that you how you know she's a keeper and it's good that you say that we should say that when our with friends with people who you know like that you can trust right she's a keeper he's a keeper someone where you know you can be vulnerable with is very important i'm glad you mentioned that because i will say um with our group with our cousins group right i for a while i was going through something and i felt like i wasn't as active and then i you know i felt a little bit more energized i had you know i felt a little bit more to be talked to people talking talking to people and stuff like that so i shoot y'all a text and i'm like hey i just want you to know i haven't connected but i love you and you know i see you doing this and i you know so i reached out and and i remember you said um i can't remember the text word for word but you just said like you know we're here you were here for you no matter what the space that you need and you know we love you and and that made me feel like like that was a she's a keeper moment because it's true like i didn't need to be it didn't matter who i was to the world it, it, as long as you know i don't know it, i just felt like very validated and like yeah like it didn't matter if i wasn't my best self you're like girl you take the time you need you take you get the space that you need and we're here for you and that made me feel safe and that made me like you need that and it's good um it's good that we do need our different friends that can help us and be there for us in different ways um i know you mentioned your fibro um can you talk a little bit about how your community has best supported you through maybe like some tough moments through that journey well um you know i think that's the most one of the most difficult parts of the um of my struggle um well, first, I think uh, my husband has been the one that has, because, you know, we got married before I had, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, so, okay. um, and I didn't, it didn't really hit me, like, the first episode until I was, like, around 30, Okay. but then I wasn't diagnosed until I was, like, 34, 36, I don't remember, and then now it's been, like, my, um, I've had it, at first, I was kind of in denial, and I was like, no, this is not, this is gonna go away like you know kind of like that what you go through but then it's been 10 years now and obviously things you know I've learned to manage it and I've learned to come to terms with the fact like siempre voy a tener esto you know it it just I have to like manage it yeah but um you know I think the people in my life there's been different people who have come who have stepped up when I have not been feeling well um whether it's professors who choose to you know take the courses that I'm that I cannot teach or or it's um my sister or my mom or just people that people are so very kind can I bring you a meal can I you know because sometimes I'm just like I have to cancel a life sale because I'm so um tired Tired or I'm in I'm in physical pain and people are like what can we do but more than anything it's just you know to be honest you also have to realize that like people have their lives going on they have their own shit right so i have had to i have i have been my biggest supporter in that because um so i've changed a lot of the way that i do things yeah um and i have a medical team my medical team has been great i have like this week i have like three appointments and and 
I usually don't have, I usually have like one to two, but it is a lot of energy that I spend in building up this community that I've had now, my medical community for six years. So I have like a primary care provider. Yeah. I have my psychiatrist. I have my pain management. I have my rheumatologist. I have a physical therapist. Um, and then along with my PCP, I have a PA. So it's a lot of people that I've been super proactive about figuring out ways to handle the fibro. Yeah. Um, because that is, no one can do that for me. Yeah. I There's know. a lot, a lot of, of things that other people can do for me, like helping me, you know, one, like, um, when was it? I think it was yesterday where I was like, um, I had to take care of Lego because he didn't have school. And I woke up at like 10 a.m. at no 8 a.m. And I was like trying to keep my eyes open, but you have this three-year-old, right? And sometimes Gabe will come home, but yesterday I knew that couldn't wasn't a possibility. So after I called a few people, Selena came over and she says, "Well, I have the kids. Like, bring the kids because Lego loves Giancarlo Camila. Yeah, he will like, he will say they're coming to visit me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Lego's all about himself. Like, he has that same self confidence that I have. I see all that in him. And him, yeah. And um, and so she came over and it was just, and honestly, like I was here. But I was like sleeping in my yeah. room. You were about to take and like telling you today, okay, I, I need to sleep more because unfortunately, like sometimes um, different things kind of pile up, you know, yeah, yeah. including my period, which I'm not shameful about talking about that because I think that we need to really remove the stigma from that. Like I, was, I saw a yeah. post the other day, like, why are we hiding our pads as if they were contraband? Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. So I was at work this week and I was like, take it without hiding it in my pants like well and it's because i think like sometimes it's true there should be no shame but like i think back to like the when i was younger i think like kids just make fun and they choose to so, so a lot of the times women just try to girl i remember the first encounter i ever had about like a menstrual cycle i hadn't gotten it yet my friend got it we were in class and she like dirtied the seat so to maybe some it's just like a traumatizing i don't know maybe they're just i don't know it builds some sort of trauma but yeah it's nothing which, to be ashamed of there's nothing wrong with i think the issue isn't that somebody stains the seat because that certainly happens to me the issue is how we respond to it yes right and yes so, oh you know what this is actually this is a very natural process right let's go to the nurse and let me help you clean it up right and for for now everybody else just work on your assignment or something like that like yeah I think, it's the reaction right yeah mm-hmm. and um and then if you have the boys who are making fun or whatever like we need to have these conversations with them like listen yeah we're talking these are women this is a grown thing and and also understand like probably i mean boys from sixth to eighth grade oh my gosh like it's very hard to teach them anything they're they're learning okay i shouldn't have said that but i mean you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah like, they're they're in a difficult we like we can't expect them to be like much mature, mature right, right? <laughs> yeah. but we can hope that when we're we, that we are sort of um planting that seed so yes. that they can because that's a huge responsibility like you're raising a boy i'm raising a boy i refuse to raise my cheese like, right you know what i'm saying like i want him to be a feminist to like um honor respect and empower women, women. right so you know like talking like i think having mothers this having this conversation when lego's old enough to understand hey there's going to be girls around you that are having a period you better i better mm-hmm. not find out yeah that you're making fun of them you know you need to be helpful you need to help your friends understand hey yeah. st- hey just leave her alone. yeah like, literally you know what i'm saying those kinds of things that he can do yeah. so anyway 
Well, oh, I'm, it's gonna it's gonna pause real quick, so we're gonna stop. But we will um, talk a little bit about the machismo culture and like the feminism culture because I did want to talk, and I think you're like the perfect person to give some sort of you know anything that you give. I feel is very valid. Um, but it's gonna end at the minute, so we'll do like a little part two. are back with part two and we're gonna kind of wrap the conversation up like i said there's so many layers of you and i highly encourage you guys to go follow um it's dr lichita doctora doctora no what is it well i think it's dr lichita dr lichita yeah underscore in instagram yes yes on instagram she shares a lot of her poetry and a lot of just your journey your experience and like i said there's layers to it so I highly encourage you guys to follow, which I know you have because I shared a lot of your stuff and I see my friends there and I'm like, I love that. You know, that they can resonate with a lot of the stuff that you share too. Um, and a lot of, uh, one of them being the conversation about like ending the machismo, the machismo, machismo culture. I don't know if there's a actual like definition for it, but if you want to explain to us like, what is it for you and any anything that you want to share with us? Because um, I know you do uh, talk a lot about it. Yes, well, machismo is the belief that men are superior to women, okay. right? And so therefore, that they can um, act in a way that dehumanizes us, that um, makes us feel less than, and that basically allows them to take our power. And so it's very common in Mexican um, families, Yeah. right? Um, some examples of like machista behavior would be like, um, and, and men and women, right, yeah. can prop up machismo right because right. a lot of times you say you see mothers first serving the guy the the, 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 boy. the husband and, and the then, boys yeah and right then. and then like i remember growing up my mom would serve my dad first and then traeme una tortilla ahí va mi mamá necesito un tenedor ahí va mi mamá cortame tomate ahí va mi mamá so i remember my mom not sitting down to eat at, until after my dad had left mm -hmm. right and i i just It was always so frustrating because first of all, she had prepared the whole meal. There wasn't a thanks or anything. It's like, and it was like this expectation, like, es tu responsabilidad, you know, hacer eso. And my dad would explicitly say, like, yeah. yo trabajo para que tú, you know, hagas esto, esto, esto. It was very, very toxic, very horrible thing. Yeah, you know? and, and I think it's so common in the Hispanic, because as you're speaking about it, and you, like you just said, how it triggered you and you saw how your mom prepared and you saw that it wasn't right right that she was continuously serving when you're like wait she just you know did the whole thing and then you recognized it and it's the reason i wanted to point it out is because i don't i didn't i wouldn't have recognized it because growing up like that's the dynamic that i would see frequently is mothers at home cooking cleaning providing taking the children to school feeding them and the main basically the only thing that a man is to do quote unquote is to just feed us right bring the money pay the bills and that's pretty much it but it's not normal and it's not right but what i'm saying is like it's crazy that in our environment growing up that's just it is normalized like that's the behavior that is set that's the tone that is set in households right that and there's nothing wrong with having the dynamic but where it turns wrong is where it's like the expectation of like right. i'm better well, it's or, not a woman's choice it's a su deber right right and to be to be honest i didn't start learning this until i went to college and oh. we, we had these conversations about feminism and i remember saying i remember a woman um another student saying 
Well, my dad was the one to cook and wash the dishes and I was just kind of shocked. Like that was the first time that I had experienced that. Mm -hmm. That so, that's the first time I had heard that because it is so normal in our families that we don't even see it as that like a possibility. We just think that that's, that's the just way the is. way things are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so then what happens is that there's so much um, abuse involved because yo soy el hombre de la casa yo puedo hacer lo que yo quiera hacer nomás porque yeah. you know porque sí and so um that's that's um, machismo is a is a culture of um abuse a culture of harm and ultimately a culture of death because we see how in in our culture women um Overworked. it's a matter of life and death right these men are killing our our, our mujeres mm -hmm. and their soul domestic violence is is rampant and and then not only that but like um you know it's domestic violence it's so hard because it's so much abuse of, um that is um directed at the woman and also the children right so you're talking about children like generations of children that have grown up in violence Same. so we're not only seeing violence at home which is supposed to be the safe space, space. but we're seeing violence around us in society because mm -hmm. you know growing up in laredo like we see the border patrol and what they do to undocumented um um tr migrants, migrants and we yeah. see um the cop um we see police brutality all over the country right. against um Um, brown and, and, and black people um, we see all these sorts of violence and yeah. then and and which you know if you are living in a safe home then you're able to kind of say well that's that's them but at least I have safety within my family but if you're growing up and you're seeing violence everywhere then that's a really difficult um, sort of um, it starts to become scary like what's yeah. it gonna come to And, and then how are we supposed to cope as adults with all of that violence, right? So this is what we're, this is what I'm dealing with. And you know, the violence in Nuevo Laredo, mm -hmm. um, most, a lot, most Laredoans are not, are affect, have been in some way affected. I know my, I lost my primo to the violence. Mm -hmm. So like, so you know, these are just realities. And, and so then we have like all this violence around us and then violence at home. And so it's like, We know, wonder why when yeah. it's at home. Scared. And and violence is violence is of machismo. Like it is a very like it 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 is. And you know machismo is a culture culture specific, right? We're talking about especially when I talk about it, I'm talking about like machismo among the Mexican um, culture. And I'm and I'm saying this because I am Mexican, right? So mm -hmm. I'm speaking from this experience because I cannot speak from another experience yeah. that is not my own. But it is a patriarchal. It's a it's it's very much like patriarchy where the man is the head of the family and. Um, the the this this idea that women should be submissive, this idea that women should not be voting even vocal. right we, vocal like women were not white women were granted the right to vote in 1920 and then um, black women and Mexican women in Texas were not granted the right to vote until after the civil rights movement like in the 1960s because before then there was multiple ways that they kept us from the polls like harassment they were um, poll taxes literacy tests um grandfather clauses like all these ways that they use to keep Just us from the polls so it's a system right and um and this was not even too long ago no absolutely I mean, not so it, um because racism and and patriarchy are systems that reinvent themselves so we sometimes say oh we've come so far well yes 
right? So now we have the right to vote. But now we're dealing with um, still finding voter to- voting voter dilution, like voter dilution so to where like people are kept from the polls why like why is it that we're keeping like there's always a new form of discrimination because that's the way racism and patriarchy work it reinvents itself so that it continue it can continue functioning effectively in our society um but make it seem like things are way better better, or changing when like women are dying in their homes like like how often like on the news san antonio like there's women who are being killed and their families like by men like there's it is it is a crisis but because it's women you know when women are not valued then their debts are also not going to be valued yeah. right so we, we 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 have to really um think um i have a really great friend patricia castillo who does work for the peace initiative putting an end um to domestic violence through community efforts um i and so anyway, right now we're doing a fundraiser for them, but she's really, um, like the work that she does really helps me to understand, especially because I grew up in a domestically violent home and because so many other girls that I was friends with at the time, it's like so many of them had families that were living in domestic violence. Like it's not an isolated situation, right? Like how many of us, you know, like yeah, have, gone, like, have gone through that and have experienced that. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it, it goes back as to where do they get that, that that audacity? Where did they feel like... And it goes back to like what they're taught in homes, you know? And I can... As simple, not as simple because it's very disrespectful. But I remember being so young, walking and being catcalled. And my grandma would just say like, ignore, tu mira enfrente, no te preocupes. And it would be like, you know, we had to watch what we're wearing when we go out to certain streets because we do not want attention from men and we don't want to get catcalled but at the end of the day the disrespect that comes you know it doesn't matter what you're wearing it doesn't matter you know so again it goes back to like like who raised these men yes you know i remember i was like 10 years old the first time that like a guy um pinched my ass oh wow he was riding his bike behind me i didn't even know what was happening but like it's sick because we're talking about 10 12 14 year old girls Catcalling, if you are a grown man and you are catcalling these children, like there is something fucking wrong with you. Yeah. And it still happens to this day. Absolutely. You know. And I remember I remember just like that. I remember like avoiding certain streets yes. or like let me take a jacket or you yeah. know, like which we, we should be so free sad. to exist and express ourselves. Like I our body should never be sexualized like that. Especially as children, mm-hmm. as girls, mm-hmm. like growing up, you know? Yeah. And I remember turning like it was around 30 when I kind of stopped being catcalled and that really made me realize like damn this is so fucking messed up because they were catcalling because I looked younger Mm, wow you know what I'm saying yeah yeah so that's crazy that's sad it's sick yeah yeah like it's um wow this pedophile mentality yeah and in going like going back to like the how you said that even women will do certain things to uplift that like machismo yes, culture. Yes, because you see, for example, um, mothers who are like, "I know, mijo, tú no hagas nada." Like women, girls being treated differently from 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 boys and the Mm -hmm. expectations being like, no, pues tú tienes que lavar las hijas porque tú eres niña. Mm -hmm. You know, or I'm saying, no, tú tú no hagas nada, mijo, porque lo que tú quieras. Um, And 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 here's where that's what I was just gonna about to say. Like it's 
women are givers, but it's it, it becomes when these men think that they're entitled to be to be like women serving to them, you know, like because you know I do things for my kid too, but my Sebas is three. It's different when you're talking about like an eight-year-old kid who never takes out the trash at his house or never picks up a dish, but his mom is constantly cleaning his room and you're like, you know, so it's true it goes back to like how they're treated at home and where they think that like if they do if their mom's always you know ponerles el plato en la mesa what are they gonna expect their girlfriends to do you know like their moms have to be like no yeah you know moms are givers and i think it's like they're nurturing energy um but why can't we expect that from fathers though right right that's true yeah like i just think that like unfortunately like we have we have absent fathers we have ab- fathers who are the opposite of nurturing they're bringing their children down but like i like to use the word nurturing when i'm describing um the kind of father that my husband is unfortunately there's not very many and i don't say this to like glorify him because a lot of, i get this a lot where they're like oh you're so lucky you know he's such a good guy and i'm like why because he's doing what he's supposed to do because he's being the father that we all deserve yeah don't we like how is how is doing what you're supposed to do like since when do we give out gold medals for that yeah and if you're going to glorify him then you need to glorify me too yeah but it's like the standards are so low for, for men, men there we go we're so well, high for women i was about to say we're not giving the same standards yeah. to men so i always in therapy i learned you know when they say oh you're so lucky she said you you be you be ready with the answer and he's even luckier good to have me you know we need to be ready because it's if people, other women don't realize it but it's a form of that we keep other women down like we're not acknowledging the work that you do because you're a woman and that's the expectation but we're going to acknowledge the work that he does putting him up right. just because he's doing like you said what it's what, what is he's supposed, supposed to, to be do. doing right fathers are supposed to be nurturing fathers are supposed to be responsible fathers are supposed to be present fathers are supposed to wake up and get their kids ready fathers are supposed to be involved in um getting the kids ready to bed reading to them singing to them like this is this is not something um how has this become something revolutionary mm-hmm. this is normal mm-hmm. like everything that we do as mothers we should expect from from fathers Father. and our children deserve no less than that yeah so to me it, it obviously i'm getting really passionate because i am so passionate about this um but it's just like me enojo porque Like, y luego nuestra familia, ay, es que Gabriel es un santo, que Gabriel esto, ya le serviste de comer a Gabriel, I remember, oh, like, like, yes, ya le serviste, no, es que él también tiene dos manos y dos pies, tía, <laughs> like, él también se puede servir, ah, ok, mija, you know, and I'm just like, no, like, es yeah. que, es que, you know, you, you have to also learn what to say, right, yeah. in a way that's not going to be like, because you don't, the last thing that I'm advocating for is that you disrespect your tías, because, yeah. you know, there isn't, You know, we have a great love for the women in our family, but we also are learning from each other day by day. And I'm growing. And, you know, that's also why you need a community to keep mm-hmm. you accountable and to keep you growing because they're the ones that are going to tell you, hey, back up. Yes. Like, hold Maybe on. this isn't the best decision. Maybe you can just wait a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe you didn't frame it the right way. How is it that we can best communicate all the things? And so, like, we are also now, like, we're the tias now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're the tias now. And we need to... Um, You know, unfortunately, like, it's a, it's a huge responsibility on this generation of tias because we're trying to break generational curses. 
and that's not something that can be done it is it it is um a task that is taking a toll that's why i that's why i have fibromyalgia like because it's these generational curses like all of this shit that is poured into us i mean pues va a sufrir el cuerpo. we know yeah. that everything that happens in the brain is going to be a physical response to it yeah right so yeah. there's a reason that we have anxiety and depression like if you look at our childhood and what was happening to us we were consistently in unsafe spaces yeah. we, we, we were consistent consistently exposed to trauma well the body como hay un libro que se llama the body keeps the score like you can't yeah. you can't like the body's gonna keep the score of what's happening yeah. and it's gonna come back to you in one way or another now you can try to suppress it and that's what most people try to do like yes. it didn't happen i'm not dealing with it but that's not a healthy way either that's not. not a healthy way to cope that's probably the worst way to cope because it's gonna come out that's gonna because that's gonna you know we want to make sure that we're not leading our bodies to like heart attack from all that we're trying to like get it get the Ow. rage out because also otra cosa you know you see the way for example, my family, the way my dad will respond with anger, then I want to respond with anger because that's what I saw. That's all that I saw. Yes, yes, right? yes. And so I had to catch myself and my sister in my early 20s had to tell me, we just have to be careful that we're not responding to situations with anger the way that he did. And when she told me that, it changed like the way that I was reacting to, to people in my life, in my environment, especially Gabe, because I was starting to be like, you know, Real, real responding with anger when I could have just said, I need a little bit of time because unfortunately, like I'm dealing with, you know, this. And now after so much practice, I don't respond to anger with, with anger. Yeah, It's yeah. not even that hard anymore for yeah. me. He knows when, when also I've explained to him, like, these are the situations where I'm angry. Yeah. And like when I'm doing chores, I don't like anybody to like, touch me or hug me or kiss me that's in something that Gabe has learned like I don't know why but in that time I'm angry and I think it's because I saw my mom doing chores and my dad being so mean to her so it's like when I'm doing chores I just want to be left alone mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. like I'm washing dishes do not come yeah. and kiss me and, and 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 right now I haven't been like no no lo he superado like no he podido decir ya me, todos me pueden dar besos y abrazos no the hey, best way to do it me. is like you know what just leave me alone because yeah. I don't know how to and he's like and he had you have to be able to say I respect that because the last thing we want to do is like you know that like that he knows about that yeah. and then he's intentionally yeah. yeah so just like they have in pass because i'm i'm dealing with that and and i think when i was able to vocalize it when i was able to say like hey if i'm putting the dishes away please don't ask me about anything just let me do what i'm doing because like in that moment like there's for some reason there's this anger inside of me that no that is still there after mm -hmm. so many years and so he knows he just doesn't do anything and then i finish and we're fine yeah right yeah. but the first few times we kind of he was like wait what what's it, going on like yeah. why can't i and i couldn't say i don't know like i couldn't tell him it was it took me a while to recognize it was when i'm doing chores yeah you know yeah. so there's there are going to be some situations that are going to trigger you yeah that and you're you gonna... have to vocalize to your partner to you have to be able to say like i'm going through. these are things like or, or when you need space when you're saying like mm -hmm. listen like i'm really pissed right now it has nothing to do with you but i'm gonna go into the room and i'm just gonna cry it out and gabe respects that when i come home and i just need to be in the room by myself and the kids like he tells them you know Belen is understanding now that I have fibro and we're explaining to her but sometimes like um the rage I see when I see injustice like the rage like me sale you know yeah. and I just tell him like 
just let me he knows and he's so kind and he says okay mama's not feeling well so we need to leave her she's okay but she just needs time to herself and then he just leaves me alone i cry it out it's i need to do deep breathing it's probably gonna be a long night i might need to take extra medication but you know i'm on multiple medications as well cause, yeah um let's hope that i get you know yeah 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 but i'm I'm an advocate for medication for those of you who are hesitant because there's such a stigma but it's been so beneficial to me not that it's been easy but i don't know what i would do or where i would be without the medication because it's definitely improved my quality of life but i think like being able to say like a lot of times we're pissed or we're in this bad place or it's not even a bad place it's just we're in a difficult situation yes. and we don't even know how to say hey i just need to be by myself yeah. hey i just need an hour hey maybe i just want to go run i just like he knows like i need to go walk yeah and it's like like me walk. i walk every day for like an hour sometimes with my neighbor sometimes by myself with my headphones on and that's like my sacred space like i don't like to talk to people on the phone i just like to look for nature and look at things and just it's you know i think like um like, I think it's so important to, to recognize, hey, this is sacred time for me. Like, these are the things that, like, I don't want Watch. you involved in. Like, you don't I don't share with anybody. I do not want to go walking with Gabe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even things. want to go walk with the kids. Like, does that, like, when I go walk with the kids, I don't count it as my walking time. Yeah. Because that's a different. We're going to go that's to the part of time energy that I have to. Porque, like, anytime you're dealing with kids, it's so much energy that you have to, like, give. Mm-hmm. And when I'm walking by myself, it's I'm replenishing myself. And I, yeah, and I, I, that's a good, I'm glad you mentioned that because I did want to ask you, like, what do you do to recharge? And like you said, like, sometimes it is being alone, not hearing anybody. And, it's, uh, como se said, like, solitude, sometimes it's needed, like, to not hear anything or anyone just so you can kind of, like, feel what you're feeling without needing to explain it to anyone, you know? Because like you said, sometimes you don't even understand it yourself. And sometimes it, like you said, it sometimes it takes time and triggers to be like, and to question yourself. It takes a lot to be like, whoa, like, I don't like how I feel right now. And I don't want to portray this energy onto anybody. So it's good that, especially in your household, when you have, when you're living with, you know, when you have your husband and your kids that you can be vocal about that is so important because I think that that. It, it, later on your kids will be able to tell you like I need space and, and I think they need to see it too because yes. like with Belen she's starting to understand now and sometimes she's like they like when I pick them up from school they require so much of my energy right like they demand so much of it and they deserve it right but some days I'm like okay Belen and Lego I don't feel that good right now so can we just be quiet and listen to music now it doesn't always work out sometimes it doesn't matter what you say yeah they just want what they want <laughs> but sometimes they'll understand and especially Belen she'll be like hey mom because she knows that I respect when she feels like that and then I also want her to know that when she's grown like me that she can say that that she can that it's okay to say I don't feel very good and I don't want to talk and I think that's also why she's been saying those things because and my sister's like that is so healthy for her to be saying that and I was like it is it really is and I felt so proud of myself in that moment that that you know we have this shy little girl who's so smart but who we want to also, because we're trying to educate not just children who are good at school, but most importantly, like their social development, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Their social and emotional growth. That's more to me. That's more important. And for her to be able to communicate and to say, like, yeah. I don't feel well. I just don't want to talk. And she doesn't have to have a reason. Yeah. Like I don't have to. I love I, that. I feel like I don't. I, I don't want to ask her like, well, why? why? No, well, why? No. Just okay. okay. Absolutely. The space like, is you there. You don't have to answer, mamas. Now, there's sometimes she doesn't want to answer questions because 
it's about homework or something well obviously i need a response so i'm like okay i'm gonna give you some space but i'm gonna come back in 15 yeah. minutes then we're gonna talk about something yeah you know? and there's there's you know situations. there's time for that yeah um and then and i'm not a like i'm not a like um a, like a therapist in any way uh, but um i there's also a lot of help and you can go to a lot of professionals who can help you in raising your children because there are children that are um require more um special attention there's children who require more energy and who children who um who just i mean children are as diverse as we are as adults right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so um i think it's really important for us as parents to seek out resources and seek out other people and whether it's a podcast or an instagram you're following but professionals who are providing information like you can actually get that information for free now yes yes um, yes i was recently just telling you that um last year i had i was having trouble with or not even trouble but uh school was concerned about how he was being socially and so i reached out to my to the women in my community you know i had my sisters like selena and i reached out to you and even you know i was able to get him support you know we he started speech therapy we we um emotional and social counselor who helped us and gave me tools it wasn't even for him it was more like what can i do to help him to be honest she gave me so many tools it was more about what i can do and what i can how i can set the tone because essentially you know like yeah how to navigate these emotions because at the end of the day they're gonna have emotions you know they're gonna go through things where they don't know how to vocalize especially when they're not talking you know so it's true it's important and i also i was telling you how i started listening to a podcast and he came across my tiktok and it was i didn't know this guy and he just came across my tiktok and then i went to his uh, instagram kind of saw his credentials and he was a special education teacher but he would also have a podcast where he would reach out to different um other women or other um for the most part he had uh collaborated with women who were also like working with children or um in social work or you know where they would just talk about like emotional development and child development and like the stages of children and their emotions and how they don't know certain things and how certain things are new and like i said like a lot of these things because sometimes you think sometimes i feel like medical resources aren't as out there for us you have to kind of research but you just really just you know scroll through tiktok and like i i do what 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 do they call like the domino effect like i go into one account and i see he's this and i found this and you know i kind of find the bigger community that way just seeing who's connected and how you can get around but it's true you know like it's good to ask questions you know and and there is no such thing as like quote-unquote normal like we there's so many things in our food um screen time even for adults you know like there's just so many things that we are messing with our emotions and and yeah we kind of sometimes need to take a step back and figure out what can help us because this world is so diverse and there's so many resources and there's so many ways to cope and so many things that like it's so endless but yeah being an open ear and and t- having conversations with other moms and that's how but that's how i was able to learn a lot about how to because sebas is my first you know so i'm learning too on how i can help him and how i can like just find the resources and the tools um but i was able to build that again like through podcasting and reaching out to like my community of women um i will add before we end the podcast is that we were talking about kind of like physical and how to express ourselves and sometimes having emotions and you know especially how we 
quote unquote see how it translates into violence sometimes and how we don't know how to communicate and you know how you were saying how suppressing could be the most detrimental thing that you can do for a long time i was doing that and it will trigger the tr- that's that, that's what gets triggered is that you have all these things that you're not worked through and then something comes you explode up like a volcano yes that's what happens with that's that's what's happened with me i suppress a lot my mom and my dad never really had a lot of conversations it was very much like i don't know i don't know what they're trying to do like not i don't know there's just not a lot of conversations and now i'm like whoa like i really have to like i'm woke now and i need to learn and i need to unlearn and i need to heal and like be graceful on myself because wow i did not know that i was kept that bottled in for so long you know so and yeah it's true even as an adult as you're growing things will continue to trigger but it's it's important that we learn to communicate that because we're not going to be alone forever and so even if like me i'm not married but i need to learn how to communicate that with my group like you said like sometimes when you're not fully functioning like i need to also you know sebas has yeah so many great good ideas that i'm like okay i need some support you know and it's important that we have to learn how to communicate when we're stuck or when we're having uncomfortable feelings because there's a way out and also like by writing might be a good thing but sometimes um i've been wanting to go to a rage room just to like let out and you're like but why are you i'm not even a mean or mad person i just sometimes might have some emotions that need to be let out and no no specific reason i just some you sometimes you just have so much bottled in that you don't even know what it is and but it, you're feeling it and sometimes you don't even know how to explain it but it's good to like let it out you know going for walks um like i said i recently found a rage room and i heard like the benefits of just like letting things out and that's a healthy way like for me i was like that's a healthy way because i'm not hurting anyone and i'm not going to hurt myself but it's a way to like let out some feeling like to rage you know in a healthy way so i think we'll end it there but uh, any like closing words any anything that you want to add and share with the people before we end the podcast Well, I just want to thank you for this opportunity. Um, of course, Queen. Saying, I think you're doing um, great work. And I always remind um, mujeres, um, I, I, I just want to end with saying you are worthy, you are enough, and you don't have to do anything to be all of that. Just because you exist, you are worthy, and just because you exist, you are enough. So hold on to that, even if you are in a dark place right now. Um, you're not alone and you know um, you're not alone and you're not the only one going through mm-hmm. yeah you know that so um, yeah I guess you know reach out to your loved ones and um, sending the very best energy to everyone who's listening to all of your audience thank you um, and, and thank, thank you for having me thank you thank you for being here thank you for doing what you do sharing your work your poetry your energy through your lives yeah i'm you there's a lot of times where i needed that i needed to hear your voice or i needed to hear the words that you said and so if you have something that you're passionate about i encourage you to create and share because you never know if you're inspiring someone or you know like you just never know who needs to hear that and hear you you know so Thank you again and thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Bye.